Oh my Christmas God, indeed. Hello, welcome to Oracle <laughs> Trashover, the very Christmassy show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of Christmas cinema. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. Three hours ago, we started watching this film. <laughs> this 80 minute film. I try not to take these things too seriously. It's a bit of fun. This podcast should be fun for us. I was close to tears by the end of this film. Because it was so shit. So awful. It took us so long to make our notes. Because it was... So confusing. We had to keep pausing. It was so ridiculously stupid. I struggled to figure out what the fuck was going on. Yeah, so this is now the new worst film we've covered on the podcast. By yeah. by quite the margin, actually. Yeah. The Beast of Bunny looks like a masterpiece compared to this. Uh, so the story behind this, to why we're covering this... Because you might be thinking... Oh, it's horror court trash ever. Why are they randomly discussing a film called The Town That Cancelled Christmas? Or depending on who you ask, it might also be called The Town That Banned Christmas or A Merry Little Christmas. Uh, so we... I've got this new favourite hobby of just going through the Sky TV guide and looking at uh, the Hallmark Christmas films where you get your typical uh, white woman in her, 40s, in, her, in her 30s, 40s who's having a dilemma of life. She finds someone she falls in love with. It's funny. It's, every film's generic, very cut and paste. But then I come, came across this film and we were actually watching it. And it was one scene in particular where I couldn't believe my eyes. And I thought, you know what? This would be so much fun to do for the podcast. This is so shit. Um, you know, there's thousands of these like Hallmark Christmas films we could do. But this one, th- this looks... Ridiculous. This would be so much fun. It wasn't. Um, instead, it was actually pretty miserable to sit through. It was. And this isn't a Hallmark film. It's in the vein of a Hallmark film. But it's also trying to be a mix of Deck the Halls and uh, Christmas Vacation and Christmas of the Cranks. Like, there's, there's things taken directly from all three of those films. Yeah. Where they, they literally just rip it off without... Without any care in the world. Um, so, yeah. So, this is our first Christmas episode. Hope you enjoy it more than we enjoyed watching it. We are talking The Town That Cancelled Christmas, directed by John Dowling, uh, who only has two upcoming films in his uh, filmography. Well, it's our first Christmas podcast of the year. Of the year. It's, it's going to be our last as well. <laughs> because after this film, I've decided to cancel Christmas. No. Wow, I mean, if it's like the film, it won't take long before it's back. Um, <laughs> Carl Fink also directed it. He only directed a new film called A One Time Thing. So this took two people to direct. Two people to fuck it up. How can a film directed by two people be this messy? Did they not like each other? They must have hated each other. They must have hated each other. The budget was $200,000. Of course, it's straight to TV, so I doubt it made any money. We're probably the only idiots who have ever brought this. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we watched a DVD version of the film. Yeah, because it was on Sky, but then it wasn't on again after. I now I can see why. Yeah, <laughs> understandably. They never showed it again. Oh, my God. Sky would have it with the advertisements. Imagine how long it would have felt with oh those. Oh, my God. Don't. 
Didn't bear thinking about. So we have no trivia for this film. I've got all. some trivia, it's shit. We've got no trivia, and usually I'll be a little concerned if we've got no trivia for a film that it's gonna, you know, we're not gonna fill up an whole episode. How many pages have you got? Oh my god, is it like 19? 19 pages. 19, and it, obviously not A4, but still, fucking hell, 19 pages of notes I've made. I have 8 pages on my laptop, I usually have less than that with trivia. So that's how much we have to say about this wonderful film. So the plot is... And now, this is the plot for the final ten minutes of the film, by the way. Yeah. When the annual Christmas decorations contest in a small American town starts to get out of hand, there is only one option. Bang Christmas. How the fuck is that your only option? <laughs> Seriously. Break up these two fucking children. These men acting like children. Break them up. Tell them to stop fucking fighting. And then that's your solution. You're going to ban fucking Christmas. But that's the thing. You have to sort of leave way for some ridiculousness in these kind of films. So that premise makes sense. It's an over-the-top, it's a Christmas film, it makes sense. Yeah, It's a bit of a rip-off of Deck the Halls, the whole competition with Christmas decorations. But uh, very much so. But the added banning Christmas, I get it. It makes sense. You could make a film out of that. It, it's not completely ridiculous to the extent where you couldn't make a film out of it. Mm. But what they did was not make a film out of that premise. And the thing is, you can't even put this down as, oh, it's all right, it's a kid's film. That You know, they didn't put much thought into it. It's just for a kid's It's not a kid's film. Not really. It's a 12 on DVD. Is it really? It's a 12. Oh. Yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. It, this is not a kid's film, so... No. You can't even throw in that excuse. This is just fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. So we start with the first of many shitty songs. Oh, yeah, the soundtrack in this film is awful. It's a theme song. It's not a proper Christmas song because they couldn't afford the rights to proper Christmas songs. And there's <laughs> lyrics about Santa and sleigh bells, and it's being sang really badly. And it's over the top of a really shit PowerPoint presentation... Of pets dressed up for Christmas. Okay, this was the best part of the film. The best part of the film was seeing the dogs in their little Christmas outfits. And the cats. And all the cats. All the little Christmas jumpers. It was really cute. It was very, very cute. It was obviously a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, yeah. But the, the photos were very cute. And then it's all downhill. And it's all downhill from there. Someone picks up a book called A Merry Little Christmas, a study in pluralistic uh, ignorance. And uh, it's a book... They open it up and the first page says Once Upon a Time and then we get chapter one. So just for anyone who doesn't know what pluralistic ignorance is, uh, I'm with you. I had to Google it as well. Uh, in social psychology, pluralistic ignorance is a situation in which a majority uh, of group members privately reject a norm but go along with it because they assume incorrectly that most others accept it. That's not what this film is about. No. And it really surprises me that people, as stupid as the people who made this film, you found a word like that. Yeah, but... Yeah, so maybe... Obviously, it's the, the book... Spoiler alert, is the book of the, the main character. I'm assuming mm-hmm. he's the main character. That's what he writes. I don't know. So I don't know. We have five, like, five or four oh, different main characters. An ensemble. But the, the main sort of dickhead uh, who's moving the, the plot along, this is his book. So by the end of the film, he's written the book and released it. And this is him opening it 
you know, so and such, so blah, 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 so on and so forth. But the film doesn't talk about the majority of group members privately rejecting a norm, which in this instant would be Christmas, but go along with it because they assume incorrectly that the most of us accept it. What actually happens is that everybody actually kind of enjoys Christmas. Mm. One of them, one guy takes it too far, but people you know, don't really care that much uh, until this bell end comes along and ruins it for everyone. Yeah, and then he writes a book with a really condescending title. Yeah, like a study in pluralistic ignorance, um, and. Yeah, he and he writes it about this town he's just moved to. Yeah. Imagine if we moved to Salford and was like, ah, oh, book, Merry Christmas. Here's a story about a bunch of arseholes who live near us. It's you. You've just moved there. Yeah, he's a snotty prick throughout, isn't he? Everybody in this film is an unlikable cunt. Oh, they really are. Oh my god, this this has some of the worst characters we've ever spoke about on a podcast. I felt angry, um, a lot throughout this. Yeah. So. We start with a Justin Bieber looking lookalike. Yeah, you can tell it's two thousand and what year was this again? Six. Two thousand six. So, Fuck, and then so what year? Yeah, so this, this is early teen bopper Justin, Justin Bieber, Bieber, isn't it? Yeah. Lookalike. He's got that hair, that helmet of hair. Yeah. Um, he's um, he's moving furniture, and this guy is one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Terrible. Yeah. He has this most the most annoying voice and the most annoying hair, and. In a scene where he's meant to look like he's accidentally pushing some over, you can see he quite clearly purposely pushes the box over whilst he's staring at Holly, the girl next door. Oh, he must fancy her. Well, she looks across the road, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 So he's got a little thing for her. And his sister... He's just seen her. Yeah, just saying, well, he's a young boy. That's uh, puberty for you. And then a, a girl comes along and says, a little sisterly advice, stick to the shallow end of the gene pool. I'm not sure what that means. I think she's saying to only go for ugly girls. Because oh, he's ugly. because he's... Oh, okay. Yeah. This kid, he's a terrible actor, but the character... He goes through some shit in this film. <laughs> really? I mean, we, we spoke about poor Peter in um, in House on Sorority Row. This, this kid is borderline mentally tortured. He is, yeah. He could have a case with uh, the courts. Get, get himself, Jeez, not with a judge in this film. Get himself emancipated. That is the word, isn't it? I, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the dad of the family is Norbert, and he's spying on either... We don't know if it was the neighbours or his son. From what he says later on in the film, it probably was his son. Uh, he's, he's bitching about whoever he's spying on to uh, the mum of the family, who is uh, Maddie. And he says, see that? See him just standing there gawping? That just proves my point. Yeah, and then he's still watching out the window. We presume he's talking about his son. His son then comes into the room <laughs> and gives him a shock when he stood there behind him. But surely he saw his come. Uh, his come. His son. Oh my god! What the fuck? What film were you watching? Shut up. Surely he saw his son come into the house. Thank you. And. Didn't move? So who the fuck was he still watching? Previously on a town that fucked Christmas. Yeah. It would have been more... Porn, porn version. Yeah, it would have been more, more interesting. Acting would have been better. Um, 
One thing I noticed as well is that the moving boxes had tape over the company's logos. <laughs> so clearly, they, they couldn't have just bought some boxes, some, you know, plain boxes. So they've had to get boxes from these um, companies, these shops, and they've had to put tape over them so no one could see them in the film. Um, the mum of the family, uh, who is Maddie, you've said her name already. Well, I'm forgetting. Oh, I wish I could forget this whole film. Um, she she tells him not to start before the son walks in. So you know there's something going on here. Um, it, it's not really touched on that much. We just get that he hates his son, but it's never really explained why. Um, no, it's not actually. Kevin wants to eat, and the dad nearly falls over him before asking if he's been working out. Now, there's a recurrent theme in this film where the dad keeps bumping into Kevin and every time he does, you get this really loud thud noise, like a jump scare. Yeah, so the the whole idea is that Norbert doesn't spend enough time with his kids and Kevin in particular is invisible to him, which, okay, we get it, but it's constantly brought up but not actually dealt with by the end of the film. No. And... This, like, Norbert's watching him out the window to begin with, mm. but then treats him as if he's invisible. So he's taking some interest, by all accounts, a really snotty one, you know, quite condescending. Yeah. But then the rest of the theme going throughout the film is that Kevin's just never there for them. And mm. it's brought up a lot throughout the film, but there's, it's never actually dealt with. It, there's no conclusion to that part of the story. Yeah. Because he just continues to not notice his kids. You know? It, it, we'll get on to it. But... Uh, all of the families in this film, look, all of the white families in the film look the exact same, by the way. <laughs> like, I was confused at one point. Because they look exactly the same. The only one who doesn't is Norbert, because he, he looks like he's about to catch some kids. Yeah, and he wears glasses as he, well. He looks creepy. He? he wears glasses. When he hasn't got his glasses on, you're like, who's that? Um, so later on that evening, they have a housewarming party for everyone, don't they? Or just the, the women? They've brought all the neighbours around. No. Really? No, the others. So what happens is that all the women are congregated in the kitchen, because that's what women do. Um, who are they? Uh, the Real Housewives of Green Lawn. <laughs> uh, so they're having a little natter or, or, or whatnot. And then, sort of, as the party's died down, everyone makes their way outside for apple pie. And uh, Norbert's introduced to the, what's his name? Oh, Cleveland uh, Terrell. Uh, his name is uh, the Porcelain Prince. The Porcelain Prince. You clog him, we flog him. Yeah. Uh, every king deserves a throne. <laughs> so he's trying to sell these toilets to yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> he's the, the owner of Tyrell Toilets. Um is he holding the plunger at the begin at this point? I, I think he is, yeah. Um, through th- his lucky plunger. Yeah, three quarters of his screen time, he's holding a plunger in his hand, just to remind you that he's the Prince of Porcelain. Um. <laughs> yeah, so the Porcelain Prince gives the dad uh, gives Norbert a warning about Donny Manning, who is boisterous and every other B word you can think of. Now, this is quite two faced because this snake, the Porcelain Prince. It's actually... He probably hates Donny the least by the end of the film. Takes him to court. Yeah. After that point, yeah. he stands outside and takes him. the piss out of Kevin for a bit. Like, about his condition. That, oh, okay, we'll, we'll get that. 
So yeah, so Donnie's every B word you can think of. Um, Donnie, including a beast. Beast. <laughs> Donnie is being a creep with Madeline. Uh, telling her how he loves Christmas because he can kiss strangers under the mistletoe. And then she introduces him to her husband, Norbert. Now, this is weird because Donnie is pretty much asexual, other than this. He, <laughs> yes, he hates yeah. the thought of sex with any <laughs> yeah. any gender. Um, so, Donnie wants to know if Norbert's book he's writing is a comic book. But Norbert is a teacher. Uh, Humphrey, we learn, is a terrible lawyer. Well, he thinks he's a terrible lawyer. Yeah, yeah, and once wrote a letter to the local newspaper yeah. about dog shit on the <laughs> pavement. <laughs> Which makes him a good writer, apparently, to his wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She suddenly disappears, don't she, from mm. the film? She is the person who says the iconic line she that does. opened our podcast episode. Oh, my. Oh, my Christmas God. God. But, yeah, so they're talking. So Norbert is a teacher... And he's writing on uh, about orangutans, <laughs> to which they Donnie is adamant that monkeys and orangutans are the same thing, mm. even though Norbert does correct him on that one. So, so the whole idea is that Donnie's a dick. Don, yeah. Donnie's a bellend. Yeah, there's a B word for you, bellend. And Norbert talks about monkeys and orangutans for so fucking long. He does. It's a quite a long conversation about monkeys and, and apes and orangutans and such. Donnie is apparently the undisputed king of Christmas and he tells everyone he's the King Kong of Christmas because he's winning the town contest every year. Well, aren't we proud? Which is, you know... he's That's what he's got going for him. Yeah, he does nothing else. Yeah. He has yeah. no job. He's a fucking loser. So you see where the film's going from the offset. The porcelain prince tells us that Donnie goes for widescreen surround sound 3D smell-o-vision. What? Yeah, so, it goes all So out. his house is a TV? Yeah, we don't see that later. No, we don't. In fact, his decorations are really fucking disappointing. <laughs> uh, Norbert explains that he's quite the Christmas king himself, and he won a competition back in Texas. And um, him and Madeline... Well, they say... Texas and Madeline says New Jersey, doesn't she? Rhode Island. Rhode Island, that's yeah. the one. She chokes on a food. Well, no, first of all, Donnie's Don- wife thinks that he should retire whilst he's in a prime, but he doesn't agree because of the spirit of Christmas. And Norbert reveals that's why he's done it three years in a row. And then Madeline chokes on her food. And then she tries to tell everyone they're from Rhode Island, but he interrupts and says they're actually from Texas. What does it matter? Who cares? Who gives a shit? So Norbert and Donnie start getting a bit competitive with each other, um, and you know where it's going. Back at home, Maddie is disgusted that Norbert is bringing Christmas into his book. Is she? Yeah. Is that what she was going? Yeah, because she he doesn't even like Christmas. Yeah. So we we can tell now that he's bullshitting about everything, mm-hmm. and that the book isn't about um, orangutans. It's about. Human behaviour. Human behaviour. And that he's made up, he's making up lies yeah. about being the Christmas king back where he's from. And his case study is his neighbours that he hasn't even asked permission from. Yeah. Yeah, he's studying the town. Which is fucking creepy. Yeah. So, yeah, Donnie's pacing at his home and his wife tells him that Norbert is harmless. What does he reply to this? That's what they said about the Japanese before Pearl Harbour. 
And then goes on... I, d- I don't think that's what they said about no, the Japanese I, I, I cannot Harbor. believe he is comparing that with this. And, and then he immediately reminds her of the Trojans. Yeah. And how they having a lovely time. <laughs> Being drunk and overrun with Greeks. Being drunk and then overrun with Greeks. So he, he loves his historical references. Yeah. <laughs> and he it's... says, Operation Infinite Christmas starts tomorrow. Yeah. In a really bizarre series of events, Kevin tries chatting up the girl next door uh, with some of the, the most bizarre acting I've ever seen in my life. You know, with the way it's shot, you know they weren't actually talking to each other at the time. Uh, and they were just saying these lines without anyone else there. Um, so, the girl next door is disgusted when Kevin starts speaking to John. Oh, oh, don't fucking talk to me, you fucking prick. Or something like that. Um, she she is disgusted. <laughs> she just seemed a little horrified. And, uh, and then... And then they have a conversation, she tells him they can only hang out and skateboard as friends because she has a boyfriend. And uh, Kevin then pretends he has a girlfriend who he met on the Jessica Simpson chat room. The <laughs> Jessica... Jessica Simpson's still relevant <laughs> in 2006. I don't think she was. The Jessica Simpson chat room. Is that their reference point? Is that what they thought 2006 kids were into? Or at least girls were into? Because the whole idea is that he's it's funny because it's a guy in the Jessica Simpson chat room. You know, we get it. But she actually believes him. She doesn't she bat her an eyelid. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And she's, she seems quite relieved because she now realises that he's in the closet. He didn't actually... <laughs> He didn't actually meet a girlfriend on the Jessica Simpson chat room. He met a boyfriend, but he's not out yet, so he won't admit it. So she's quite relieved. So she's like, great, I'll see you around. <laughs> but then he speaks to himself and says, Jessica Simpson chat room? Ugh, so weak. <laughs> he's so weak. <laughs> so weak, so weak. <sighs> so moving on. Humphrey and Cleveland just walk into Norbert's house to talk to him without knocking the door. Yeah. Um, they say, oh, is this okay? Your door was open. Yeah. Whilst they're in the house. Whilst they're in the house. Fucking hell, mate. You didn't even knock once. They then ask him to not compete with Donnie because he's a nice guy and he just has a thing for Christmas. This is the thing. It's all these neighbours and I'm... Partly glad that we don't really interact. I've never interacted with my neighbours on a, a great level. Uh, and I'm really glad if it's like what's depicted in this film. <laughs> because number one, you've known the guy a day and you're walking into his house. <laughs> number two, he made one throwaway comment about winning a Christmas decoration. Yeah, he didn't thing. say he was, he was going to decorate. He never said, oh, you know... Donnie, you're a cunt. I'm going to fucking kick the shit out of you this year. You ain't going to win. He just said, back in Texas, I won a Christmas decoration contest. That was it. Yeah. And now they're walking into his house unannounced, telling him, oh, well, you can't do it here, or Donnie's going to get upset. And then whilst he's in his own house, Norbert makes a joke about it and says, oh, did he spend Christmas on the naughty list? And uh, the porcelain prince says, ha, Norbert's got a joke here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the porcelain prince holding his plunger? He is, isn't he? Yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah, he is. 
<laughs> this man, this man's walked into your house holding a plunger. <laughs> well, see, everyone looks like he's about to have a nervous breakdown. He does. So the whole idea is that when he was younger, Donnie's grandma didn't... She, she was feisty. She was feisty, apparently. they said. But essentially what they said is that she was was a little out of sorts, weren't she? She gave him a pack of already chewed chewing gum as a present and decorated a coconut instead of a tree. Yes. Have you ever tried decorating oh. a coconut, Norbert? Um, so that's the whole... So he takes it far too seriously because his grandma didn't take it seriously enough. I don't, I don't get it. No. Maybe she had issues and, you know... He should have been a little more supportive rather than still bitch about it. Looking 30 years later on. Yeah, Humphrey asks Norbert not to start World War 3. And Norbert says he'll think about it. World War 3 for decorating your house for Christmas. Seriously. Yeah. But he doesn't say I'll think about it. He says, I'll think about it. I'll think. 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 Fuck off. And then Kevin enters the room and says, Hey Dad, how about some hoops? <laughs> No, it's now you can't. Fuck off. <laughs> I would do some hoops because I have errands to run, you piece of shit. He is literally like that. He's like, no, I've got errands to run. <laughs> and Kevin's like, okay, you do it. Can I join you? Go, <laughs> you go. I can't do it. Can, can I join you? <laughs> can I join you? <laughs> oh, man. And no, it's like, no, not this time. <laughs> Then we get a really long scene of Norbert ordering wood and concrete. <laughs> no, it's on far too long and it's really oddly specific. Yeah. Really unnecessary. Considering we never see the stuff. Yeah, we never see the stuff. Never. But he orders it and the guy yeah. in 2006, were they still faxing in 2006? I don't know. Um, well, he walks away. Like, oh, I'll fax the details over <laughs> for you to pay. Oh, great. He walks away and his mouth's moving and he's not even talking. No. And then the salesman grasses him up to Donnie. Yes, if I that's Uncle Almo. Uncle Almo. Yeah, it is Uncle Almo. It is. But Donnie answers the phone with, make it quick. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? I just, you have no job. I never know when to be sympathetic with these characters. Yeah, no one works in this town, by the way. No one has a job. Humphrey's a lawyer. Yeah, but we only see him lawyering like, what? No. He storms out. Right at the end, he storms out the first time. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I don't know whose side we're meant to be on because Norbert is, like, really condescending and he's kind of making a mockery of these people by writing a book behind their back and and telling lies, you know, and we all know where it's going to go. It's going to ruin Christmas for everyone. But then you have Donnie, who's, you know, lecherous at the the housewarming... Um, he seemed taking things too seriously, but then we, you know, he never had a proper Christmas growing up, so we feel sorry for him. And then he answers the phone with "Make it quick." Well, this is a deep dark character study on Donny, yeah. And he is a psychotic person. He's clearly. clearly psychotic, and he just gets worse as the film goes on. But Uncle Almo grasses up Pert Norbert, tells him exactly what he ordered. Exactly his whole order. Exactly. And uh, Donna's like, "Hmm, interesting. Yeah, bye." Humphrey and Claudia. Now this is this scene. It's literally taken straight from Christmas of the Cranks, and Claudia has the audacity to try and act like Jamie Lee Curtis. She you could just... never slay that hard. No. Humphrey and I. I fucking hate Christmas with the Cranks. By the way. Oh, what? How is but it Jamie, compared to this? Jamie. Oh God. Oh my God. It's 
10 out of 10 classic <laughs> compared to this shit. So they get a ring on the doorbell at night and they walk down the stairs like they're in a horror film. <laughs> in matching pyjamas. In matching pyjamas. No. Claudia thinks it could be a burglar. Uh, but Humphrey points out that they wouldn't ring the doorbell first and Claudia admits that she doesn't know how that world works. Mm. Thanks for that knowledge on burglars. Thank you, Claudia. Uh, it's actually Janine, which causes Claudia to act like Jamie Lee Curtis. And it's like, what does Humphrey say? Janine who? <laughs> to which Janine has to reply, your daughter. Have yeah. you changed the locks? So throughout this film, we get the idea that Humphrey doesn't actually like his family. Humphrey does, hates his family. Does not want his daughters there at all. No. So... Uh, Again, yeah, but again, they're trying to make him act like Tim Allen, but they got the wrong idea of what Tim Allen's character was like. Like, he didn't hate his kid. Like, I don't think that was the idea they were trying to get behind. Yeah. Um, this guy just hates his children. So Humphrey is absolutely disgusted. So many people in this film are disgusted, but he is disgusted that she has arrived early. And she's arrived early because she's quit a job because she can't sell tampons forever. To which Humphrey replies, you could sell them door to door. And Claudia says, I'd use that service. (laughs) I just don't, obviously this is meant to be a comedy. So they had this, she's quit a job. Yeah, she's quit a job. What's the funniest job we can think of? What's the funniest? Tampons. Oh, fucking grow up, dickheads. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm really surprised there's no homophobia in this. Because or any racism, because it, it feels like you know, it, it feels like the sort of thing the writers would go for. It was so immature. Yeah, well, it's tokenism, though, isn't it? Really, mm. in this film. Oh yeah, I mean, we when it, when it comes to the black characters, it's tokenism. Yeah, the only two black characters we have are called Tyrell and Tamisha. Well, his surname's Tyrell. His well, they only Cleveland. call him Tyrell. Yeah, because that yeah. sounds more like what the director perceives black people. Yeah, to. and he he. At some points, acts like a stereotype. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's very much tokenism. So, Janine folds her arms and asks if Daddy is upset that she came home. He tells her he isn't, and then they get another knock on the door. Yeah, which is really quick. Uh, spoiler alert: it's his other daughter. I just found it really weird they wouldn't have seen each other on the way there. Did the two sisters not communicate? No, apparently not. You know, like, oh shit, I'm going to be there at the same time. Should we just get a taxi back with each other? Yeah, great. We never find out his other daughter's name. But again, he's like... We never did. No, it's Annette. Who the fuck is knocking on... Well, he says Annette, but there's no Annette in the cast. Oh. He's like, who the fuck is knocking on the door now? And it's his other daughter. And uh, she can't believe they've changed the locks. And the three women then all scream together because that's what women do. Yes. This is like late at night and they're all screaming in each other's faces. So Humphrey asks uh, what happened to her fiancé, who has no name. Who has no name. So he refers to him as her fiancé. Yeah. Lord forbid he just used his name. And she says, that's old news. Oh, that is so over. So over. Then we get another ring at the door and it's... uh, Mongrel. Well, Humphrey uh, asks if they definitely only have two kids. And I don't even think this is a joke. I think he genuinely didn't know. Um, he, he says to the guy at the door, please tell me you're a burglar. And it's, and he's like, uh, my other daughter's like, no, this is uh, Mongrel. To which Mongrel says, what's up, dudes? Dudettes. 
And Humphrey says, what's a mongrel? Yeah. Again, a, another line taken exactly name. from Christmas of the Cranks. It's, oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Anyway, the daughters, Mongrel and Claudia, go to get ice cream. Uh, just before that, though, Humphrey asks Mongrel what he does for a living. Mongrel says nothing and lets him know that the bags are outside. <laughs> so Humphrey goes to get the bags. Mongrel is a fucking nightmare in this film. Uh, and the thing is... They're all fucking nightmares. They, it, it's like Humphrey's the only person who can see him like this. It's, it's really weird. Um, Kevin, uh, we find out Kevin's settling in nicely. And Norbert says Complete, about this, about his son... Completely pointless thing. Yeah, yes. ab- about his own son. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a pleasant enough boy when he's not drawing. What? Drooling. Drooling? I thought he was drawing. No, drooling. Either way. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and Norbert, he's your fucking son! And Norbert feels the need to explain that he's happy there, even though they've been there, what, one day? Yeah. They've lived there one day. Yeah. Dunny is disgusted to see Kevin talking to Holly uh, and asks her to ask him to leave. So Kevin just leaves anyway. And uh, he, uh, his wife is absolutely fuming about this and he says, all is fair in war, in love and war, and this is war. No, it's not. Listen, nothing's really... So, what I don't get is that did Norbert know that Uncle Elmo was the guy, was... Donnie's uncle. This would only have worked no. if Norbert knew that and deliberately went there to make it look like he was going to do something. Mm. But no, apparently... But seemingly not, because that was no. his, what, second day in the yeah. town? Uh-huh. So, Norbert's intention was to do the decorations. Mm-hmm. Or he wouldn't have wasted all that money on wood and cement and shit. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, Donnie thinks that this is war, but as far as we're concerned, Norbert hasn't really done anything yet. Nor- no. You know, Norbert hasn't really gone out of his way to deliberately... So, it's this... Uh, what's his name? Donnie, that's completely He's insane. insane. Yeah. He is insane. He's obsessed like with fucking him. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. And uh, he, he, he fucking he was rude to a fucking child. Yeah, like for all no over reason because yeah. Kevin would be completely unaware of any of this shit yeah. going on. The whole decoration thing. So as far as Kevin's concerned, he sat there. Um, Donnie's wife has gone to make them drinks. Oh. And he sat there. Donnie's come over and told him, "Get the fuck off my lawn. Get the fuck out of here. Go, go." <laughs> And he tells his daughter to tell him. Yeah. He doesn't even tell him directly. And he, he leaves, but he just leaves. Yeah. And so D- Donnie says, oh, we don't want no Benedict Arnold's. And then explains to his wife that the Russians sent a monkey into space to spy on the Americans. Oh, you know this... He loves his historical you references, You know this he? guy voted for Trump. <laughs> and then a random woman goes to Donnie... To ask him what he's up to, for some reason. Walks over his lawn. Yeah. Just walks over. What are you up to? And he says, go home and bake yourself a husband. <laughs> she doesn't even look that old. But then he explains no. to his daughter that that is an old maid. Who will die alone with lots of cats. die alone with lots of cats. She didn't even look that old, to be fair. 
So back at Norbert's household, Rachel needs 50 bucks for a field trip, but he won't give it to her because it cost him 50 cents when he was her age. Yeah, well it doesn't anymore, you fucking asshole. I'm not giving her fucking money. Oh, he's the right prick. Like, how could... What kind of logic is that? And this, this fucking film is full of these random shitty scenes. So my thought was that we would... Rachel would actually get you know, a storyline in mm. this film. She clearly doesn't. She might as well not be. I thought she was asking the 50 quick because she looked a little shifty. Mm. She wanted the $50, saying it's a school trip, but she wanted it for something else. Secret yeah. boyfriend, secret this, actually have something to do in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, no. it It's literally, the, all we get is, can I have 50 bucks? No. It was 50 cents in my day. Yeah. And, that, and he, she doesn't it. get the money. He's serious. He's yeah. not joking. He and doesn't give her the money. She doesn't get the money. And I'm pretty sure we see her the next day. So she hasn't gone on the fucking field trip. No. Maddie announces that Donnie's getting his Christmas decorations sorted. And Norbert tells her that Donnie is a nut. Norbert tells his kids that Christmas is a pagan ritual. Doesn't he? He does. He does. Whilst he's sitting next to a Christmas tree right, full of decorations. what I don't fucking understand. So, Madeline decides to tell Norbert that Donnie mm. has started putting up decorations already. No fucking shit, Sherlock. Throughout the whole fucking film, we've seen people with their decorations <laughs> up. We've seen everyone. The surprise is that he hasn't already done it. Yeah. And then, I don't know, the actress who plays Madeline... Um, Forgive me, I can't remember her name, but she played, um, uh, what's in it, Carol in Friends. She's a pretty big name, or at least a, a well-known face. So I don't know how she could sit there and actually talk this dialogue looking at the fucking tree <laughs> next to Norbert. They've only, you know, understandably, they probably haven't got all their de- decorations up. They've only just moved in. Perfectly understandable. But throughout the whole of the film, we've seen people in fucking... With their decorations up, outside and inside. And she oh, Donnie started his. Of but course he fucking has. She doesn't why, go. Why is she singling out Donnie? Like, is she trying to encourage this competition between two of them? Exactly. There's non-existent competition. Exactly. And, but then she has a go at him later on for being competitive. But she's encouraging it. <laughs> So he tells his kids the Christmas is pagan ritual while sitting next to a Christmas tree. And Maddie tells him he has to decorate this year because of all of what he said to Donnie. Bitch, he has. The tree's right behind him. Yeah, the house is decorated. I don't, I don't fucking understand in this fucking film. The whole, one of the big points they make is that Norbert doesn't like Christmas. Norbert doesn't want to decorate for Christmas. And Norbert pretends to Donnie that he's the Christmas king to see Donnie's reaction. Donnie is, is insane. Donnie is, you know, potentially a serial killer. And he's just, he's deliberately doing it to annoy him to see his reaction for his book. That is the plot of the fucking yeah. film. Yeah, we keep seeing these fucking decorations in their house. Why have you done... It, have they just used the same it's house? It's so lazy. It's they've so used, lazy. I bet they've used the same fucking house for every family and just different rooms yeah, and just decorated the whole fucking thing. It's so fucking shit and annoying. It pisses me off. And then <laughs> Kevin <laughs> says, Hey, Dad, people are taking bets. <laughs> On what? On what? On what? Nothing's happened. What are they betting on? 
Uh, uh, people run there just got a gambling addiction. That They're eat. taking bets because Norbert said one throwaway sentence whilst they were having friends over. That was it. That was it. Yeah. And they've made something like this again. Like I said earlier, this is why I'm glad I don't interact with my neighbours too much, <laughs> because it's shit like this. You see in films, and you know, and I'm pretty you, sure you watch uh, Karen videos, and this is that kind of shit. Only oh, your dog was on my lawn for five seconds. Oh, fuck off. I'm pretty sure the the mix of this film have never interacted with human beings in their no. life. But there's so many Karens in this film. Proper oh, yeah. nosy yeah. neighbours. Mind your business. Well, Norbert walks over to Donnie without his glasses on, calls his lights cheap, and then puts his glasses on thinking he's a bad bitch when he's nothing of the sort. Nothing of the sort. <laughs> Who did? Norbert. Walks over without his glasses on. And then he's like, oh, look at those cheap store lights. Oh, and puts his glasses yeah. on. Oh, you using those, are you? Mm. This is a bit of a knob as well. But he's yeah, winding just him up. About he's him. I know it's easy up. to get them mixed up, but oh, okay. he, he is a knob. We've just he's discussed this. They're all knobs. They're all um, knobs. <laughs> and uh, then we get Kevin talking to Holly. He says, I don't know what my dad told your dad, but he's yanking his chain. My dad doesn't decorate for Christmas. He doesn't even like Christmas. There's a tree in your fucking kitchen, you moron. Why did we see him sat next to a fucking decorated tree? We got a song about wishing you a Merry Christmas, but not the one everyone knows because no. of rhymes. Donnie questions, um, because obviously, Holly, the little bitch, she tells Kevin at the end of this film that she never spied on him. Yeah. She immediately goes back and tells mm. her dad that Kevin's family's not celebrating Christmas. Yes. Donnie questions him about this and asks if he's, uh, questions Norbert about this and asks if he's Jewish. Yes, Donnie stops, stops Norbert's doing some sort of shopping, living his life. Uh, and Donnie stops him from it, from his car and says, uh, my daughter's giving me the 411. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, asks Norbert if he's Jewish. And then Norbert explains, now let me just get this straight. Norbert explains that Kevin said what he said because he fell in his head on a garden gnome a few years ago. And he doesn't... While skateboarding. While skateboarding... But he says that he's lost his short-term memory. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So... And he had plastic surgery. Had plastic surgery. So losing his short-term memory, which is, you know, um, absolutely hilarious. Obviously. Great, great joke. We're filmmakers. Great joke. Um, but losing your short-term memory means that he probably does remember past Christmases, but he doesn't remember what he did yesterday or the day... Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. Well, he tells him specifically, some days he remembers what he had for breakfast. Other days, poof. Poof. And so, um, I wanted to call him Hamish then. What's his name? Donny. Who the fuck's Hamish? What the fuck? Donny, he said, Donny says, can they do anything about the poof? Um, so actually Donny's quite nice in this scene and understanding and feel sorry for Kevin. Yeah, Norbert tells him not to say anything to Kevin because kids can be cruel and not saying anything to Maddie because she's in therapy. Donnie gives Norbert a kiss and goes about his day. So, yeah. okay, let's recap. The makers of this film used brain damage and a serious accident as a joke and expected people to actually laugh at this. Okay. That's one issue. 
the second issue here is the fact that the character of Norbert is such a bigger piece, uh, such a big piece of shit, to the point that he'd rather lie about his son having brain damage than admit that he's not decorating for Christmas. Yeah. Third, he literally could have just said, "No, I'm not decorating for Christmas. I don't like Christmas. Fuck off." Why are you bugging me? He's deliberately trying to wind Donny up, though, isn't he? And it's he doesn't correct himself anytime soon. No, it's only near the end of the film that he actually corrects himself. <laughs> it, this is the scene that we watched that made me want to cover this film on a podcast. This is so bizarre. I really don't know what's going through the filmmakers' minds. And then we get Kevin and Holly. Listening to music whilst holding their skateboards. <laughs> Is it Christmas music? This is a really bad instrumental Christmas music. Yeah, um, And, yeah, Donnie walks up and says, Hey, put your helmets on now. And uh, they're you know, like, well, we're just listening to music. And he apologises to Kevin while stroking his hair because he had a gas issue yesterday and that's why he was mean to him. What I don't understand is that when Donnie was mean to Kevin... Kevin didn't really know what was going on or, no. or really why Donnie would have been mean to him in that yeah. way. So why didn't he tell his parents? Exactly. To say, oh, guess what just happened to me? Donnie across the road just told me to fuck off. Yeah. You know, you've been there two days. It's the kind of thing you would tell your parents if one of your yeah. neighbours, you know, started mouthing off at you, having a go and telling you to fuck off. And also, a lot of these scenes happen during the day. Why aren't the kids at school? Exactly, exactly. No one ever works at a school in this film. So, um, Donnie asks Kevin what he had for breakfast. When Kevin replies, cereal, oatmeal, I don't remember. Conveniently. Conveniently. And Donnie strokes Kevin's arm and tells him to be strong. <sighs> anyway. Kevin wants to know at a dinner table why Norbert hates them all. Hates all of them. And Maddie says, hey, he took you all to a UFO convention. Really? That's your go-to? Yeah. She says, oh, well, he did take you to the UFO convention. And, and then they, he, he, Kevin goes, well, he was uh, videotaping the whole time. To which Rachel adds, yeah, videotaping other people. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? What a fucking weirdo. <laughs> so... Meanwhile, whilst they're talking about him being weird, he's actually being weird and spying on the neighbours with a telescope. Maddie is fuming and tells him he spent half an hour, look, she spent half an hour, um, explaining to the kids why he has no interest in them. And he defends himself by saying he's studying the neighbours for human behaviour and promises to spend more time with the kids. Yeah, which never happens. No. So what He's you, never redeemed. What you would assume would happen is that he would eventually play a game of basketball with Kevin. Yeah. Tying it all together. No, it doesn't happen. So they've dedicated, what, 10 minutes of the film mm -hmm. to all of this? Yeah. And it doesn't get dealt with. It's just still out there that Kevin's a shit dad and he'd rather spy on his neighbours with a telescope. Kevin's a shit dad. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't fucking care. Uh, Norbert is a shit dad who would rather be watching his neighbours... Through a telescope, which I feel like the neighbours could probably see him doing that. Yeah. Um, but he'd rather be doing that than having dinner with his family. 
Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird. But it's not fucking dealt with. It's just out there that he's a shit dad. And then we're, by the end of the film, we're meant to be on his side, even though he's still yeah. a shit dad. Meanwhile, in the Humphrey household, Mongrel says, good morning, dude. And he's making pancakes for breakfast and he's messed the whole kitchen up. He's making pancake omelettes. Yeah, pancake omelettes. What the fuck is a pancake omelette? An omelette. Oh. <laughs> um, he's messed the whole kitchen up. And uh, he... What, uh, Humphrey's wife says, uh, Oh, I remember seeing my kitchen. Humphrey's fuming storms out. And Mongrel says, That dude is wound up. Yeah, yeah you're fucking his kitchen up. So Humphrey's storyline is essentially... He kind of struggles to say what he wants to say or stick up for himself mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, the whole, he fetched the bags, uh, coming up soon, he's going to not be able to perform his duties as a lawyer because he's scared. So that's his storyline. Yeah. Um, it's a weird a one. Line. It's really unnecessary for the film, uh, but that's his and again, you don't get any moment of redemption no. for him. It's just... Well, I think you kind of do, but it actually, spoiler alert, happens off screen. But we'll get to that. The Porcelain Prince is woke up by uh, Donny hammering something to the tune of Jingle Bells. And he asks, what is that monkey doing? The crazy cat lady neighbour comes around slagging it up with big hoop energy. And she's like, yoo <laughs> the funny thing about the, the Cleveland one is that he's woken up. First of all, it's hilarious because he's got pink underwear on. Absolutely. Obviously. Hilarity. And then he just shouts, Tamisha. Yeah. So when he sees what's happening, he's like, Tamisha. <coughs> and I thought, oh, uh, what are we going to do? Are we not going to see Tamisha? Is this what they're going to go for? But I don't Maybe the actress just wasn't available at the beginning of filming, but we do see her later. But the first two times we just hear him go, Tamisha, and that's it. Yeah. So Cat Lady Neighbour comes around. She's uh, got a big boots on, a big hoop energy. She says, yoo-hoo. And Donnie tells her to go home before it rains and she melts. He is so fucking rude to her. Yeah. Also, thinking back to it now, this scene is, is a bizarre series of events that goes nowhere. Nowhere. I thought no maybe way. she's been set up. I thought maybe someone got to go and spy on him. Yeah. But, but what for? this why? is fucking weird. But why? So they start talking shit about what Santa would do. And she notices that he has plenty of wood. And he's plenty good of a hammer. Whilst looking at his dick. Uh, she wants to know what he's building so she can help him make it bigger and stronger. Donnie doesn't want her help. And then we get camera noises... A recording device falls out of her top and she has to go because she has a bun in the oven. Donnie starts screaming in her face. She starts screaming back at him. And because the audio editing is so bad in this film, it's it's clearly too loud for the microphones. And it sounds yeah. awful. They're screaming at each other. And um, she says she wasn't spying on him. It was just a painting bo- a booby cam uh, that she was just trying out around the neighbourhood. And what's his response to that? What is his response? Shoves to his hand down her cleavage. Does he? Did you not see that? I was that? typing. That's how the scene ends. So she says, this is my patent booby camera. I'm testing by taking photos of the neighbourhood. So he lunges forward, shoves his hand down her, her top and like grabs it. And then we cut to the next scene. Oh my God. Yeah. That scene's there for no reason. 
Yeah, and can I ask the question? Who has a patent booby cam? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Why is she spying on a man doing work in his front lawn? Well, she clearly wanted to get some, didn't she? No, she was spying on him, clearly, taking these photos with the camera <laughs> for absolutely no reason. But if you're going to spy on someone, you sneak into their house at night. He's doing all this in his front yard. Everyone can see what he's doing. Why is she taking photos <laughs> of something that everybody can see? She might as well have taken the photos with a little zoom across the other side of the street where he couldn't see. I don't know if a patent booby cam's caught up for that. I don't what know if was you can the zoom point of it. this scene? Oh, do you know what's funny? Boobies. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it makes no sense. Oh. Evidently, she just stands there staring at his dick and taking pictures of him. Fuck's sake. So Humphrey stands um, watching his daughter getting it on and dry humping uh, Mongrel. Yeah, on the couch. They realise he's there, eventually, after a while. <laughs> um, Mongrel says, what's up, dude? You've got your tongue down his daughter's throat. She's dry humping you on a sofa. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean, what's up? Go and do it in a fucking room. But why can't I do it in a room? Because he sleeps on the couch, because, uh, what's his name, Mongrel sleeps on the couch. Yeah. Even though this daughter has previously been engaged to someone. She's a full-grown woman. A full-grown woman, the jig is up, you know. Why can't he just sleep in the same bed as his girlfriend? So... They wouldn't be kissing on the couch if he did, Exactly. You know? Mongrel says, what's up, dude? And Humphrey says, my name isn't dude. Humphrey's daughter's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go now. You two have a talk. And yeah. she goes to the kitchen. We'll talk about what? She's just as bad as Mongrel is. Yeah. Donnie asks Kevin and his daughter to help him build something and whispers to them what he's making. Whilst uh, the porcelain prince gets a call and we don't hear what's being said, but he says, hello. You what? Leaning tower of pizza? Tamisha! Yes. Kevin is yeah, now... That was, that was it. That That's what we get. Yeah. For some reason, Kevin's helping now. In a very bizarre series of events, Kevin has now told his parents about the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and Maddie is fuming about this. Now, just to give you some context, Donnie is creating the Leaning Tower of Pisa through Christmas decorations. For some reason, everybody is outraged by yeah. this. They cannot believe it. So, Maddie's fuming, and she says that their marriage is now in the gutter because of this. <laughs> she says that a lot, but forgives him very quickly. And Norbert says the city will clamp... It's also a town. The city will clamp down on Donnie like a pit bull if he tries to create anything representing the Lena Tara Pisa. Maddie storms off, goes to bed in a bad mood. Oh, I don't get Why it. are they so upset about this? Yeah. What could, what could the writers of the film have been thinking? But it's not like he's making it life-size to the Leaning no. Tower of Pisa. But what does it matter? It's his house. Yeah. I mean, it's just like any other decoration yeah. in it. And, spoiler alert, when he creates it, even though he goes against the law to create it, it looks nothing like it. Yeah. Oh, God, no. We don't even see the whole thing. No. In the film, we don't see the whole thing. But it's not that... It's tall... But it's not even that wide or that no. big. It, if you it could tell never me. have been that tall, as tall as they're making it out to be without it collapsing. <clears throat> it's definitely not tall enough to put someone's marriage on the line. No. 
Mongrel's asleep on the sofa with pizza boxes everywhere and his hand on his dick. <laughs> this is where we get the established shot of Humphrey's house yeah. with no decorations out the front. So I really don't know. I'm not understanding the timeline of this fucking film. No. Like, everyone else seems to have their decorations out front. We get an establishing shot of Humphrey's house and there's no decorations. No. And then, we, yeah, we're inside and we can't see any decorations there. No, because the room's covered in pizza boxes. Yeah. Humphrey asks how long the muck guy is going to live with them and his wife tells their daughter to ignore him because he's in a bad mood. No, don't tell your daughter to ignore him. How can you not see the problem? Yeah, and he's tidy up after himself. He's a fucking... He's, a, he's an absolute mess. And later on we find out he's a previous criminal. Yeah. He really shouldn't be sleeping in the front room. I don't get no. it. No. So Humphrey's daughter accused him of being jealous of Donnie um, because of the leaning tower of Pisa. Why would he be just... He hasn't even put his decorations He hasn't attempted decorating. He hasn't attempted anything. Why would he be jealous? <sighs> Cleveland is fuming at Donnie's noisy building now, isn't he? Yeah, he says, you see this guy, man? Why can't he just drink and pass out like a normal drunk? So now we find out Donnie's an alcoholic. Well, we never see him drink. Well, we saw him drink at the beginning. He was slightly merry, wasn't he, with the yeah. mistletoe? And that was it. At a gathering. Yeah. Um, Humphrey <sighs> explains that he's taking pills because of his daughter and mongrel yes. playing music yeah. all night. Why? How is he playing? How are they playing music all night? Yeah, and why? Well, considering what happens later on, if the music's that loud, why have we not got the uh, porcelain prince complaining? Exactly, and again, the story for Humphrey is the fact that he's not sticking up for himself. So we need to get a point where he sticks up for himself. Yeah, it doesn't happen. So all of this is completely pointless. All of Humphrey's plot points mm-hmm. and storyline is rendered completely pointless yeah. because he never gets over his issues with confrontation. No. It never happens. Yeah, but so is the porcelain prince. Yeah. What's his character arc? Fucking plunges toilets. Yeah, and whinges about noise and yeah. gets over it really quickly. And, and Yeah. But... Oh, I don't know. Oh, fucking hell. Cousin Barnaby arrives. <laughs> hey, Cousin Barnaby. <laughs> cousin Barnaby is Donnie's cousin and... It's convenient that he's his cousin because he is dressed exactly like Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Yeah, They're not much. even trying to be subtle. No, they're not. No. Donnie tells him he's building a big bird cage and Cousin Barnaby tells him he's been having complaints and wants to know if he's in violation of any building rules to which Donnie tells him he's not. Why don't you check it out for yourself? Why are you asking him for? Of course he's going to say he's not. Because it's his cousin. Fucking ridiculous. Why did why would he say big bird cage anyway? I know. Why wouldn't he tell his own cousin he was building the Everyone else knows. Of pizza? Yeah. I mean he's gonna see it eventually. So the real housewives of Greenland have a meeting. They do. And who is the leader? I got confused here who is who. Oh, so I don't, Mad- I don't Maddie know. the leader. Uh, well, she was the one... Well, she was chatting, weren't she? She was the one leading the conversation because I think it was her house mm. that she'd invited them to. We finally see Tamisha. Or... Uh, she's... In this uh, scene, she's just sat there rubbing her stomach. Yeah, so we know she's pregnant. You know she's pregnant <laughs> because her hand does not leave her stomach <laughs> for the whole scene. For the whole scene, her hand is constantly on her stomach. Do you know why? Because she's pregnant. That's what pregnant women do to let you know that they're pregnant (laughs) is constantly rub their stomach. She never gives birth. It never goes anywhere. She didn't need to be pregnant. I, I, 
this little gossip for you. I worked with someone once who would constantly rub her stomach and everyone thought she, she, she was pregnant, but it turns out she just, that's something that she did, that was a habit of hers, was just constantly rubbing her stomach. Poor Tamisha, though, she's got a cushion shoved up her top. She has, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's quite a lumpy baby, let's be fair. <sighs> so, um, the leader, whoever, I'm Ma- yeah, Ms. Maddo, um, she wants to get their husbands to be reasonable, and the other housewives, they just don't seem up for it, do they? They actually, they look at her like she just took a shit. Well, they do, but then they get over it pretty... Like everything yeah. else in this film, it's gotten over pretty quick. Um, Madeline says that the the whole business is silly. So then they accuse her of calling their husband silly. Yeah. Which they are. They're all they, fucking idiots. The scene finishes with them fuming. Yeah. They're annoyed that she's just called their husband silly. And then the next day she gets a phone call from Irene. Well, Tamisha goes home first and tries convincing the porcelain prince oh, to yeah. calm down about Donnie. Maddie's then on the phone to Irene, uh, Donnie's wife, who was in tears because the porcelain prince is suing Donnie. Yeah. Norbert thinks this is fantastic and Maddie says, this is all your fault. Why? <laughs> yeah, why is it all... I just... Like, okay, so... Norbert was the catalyst for Donnie's insanity. Mm-hmm. But obviously, surely Donnie's behaviour is his own fault. Yeah. Um, and also, wasn't he going to be building shit for Christmas anyway? Mm-hmm. If Norbert was there or not? It's not Norbert's fault that he's taken it too far. Yeah, Norbert's a, a twat and he's a bullshitter, you know. Um, but Donnie's behaviour is none of his bis- no. none of his fault. That's all on Donnie. No. Well, Maddie refuses to help him again like when he mucked things up in Rhode Island and Texas. Yeah. We get no context to no. that, do we? Oh, we, we do, actually. She wore a big hat. Yeah, she wore a big hat. She like, Madeline stood by him in Rhode Island and Texas and even wore a big hat. But she won't stand by him when he mucks things up in Green Lawn. No context to the big hat. I don't know no. what the big hat meant. Was it meant to be funny? So they go to the courtroom. <laughs> Can I just, sorry, I just wrote down a little starred note in, uh, on the page. Note, at no point have we seen Norbert writing or spending time with his kids. <laughs> just, just to remind myself that. We go to the court and the courtroom looks like a church hall. This is a shitty, shitty set piece. Clearly, the budget, your budget's showing now. The whole of the town's there, Mm -hmm. including Mongrel. I don't know why they're all there for, but it's Mongrel's first time in a courtroom without being a defendant. Well, I think they're there because Humphrey's meant to be uh, lawyering, isn't he? So, does it take your kids to work day? Yeah, I think so. Humphrey tells the porcelain prince... Yeah, but they're the, the nosy bastards, aren't they, yeah. in that town? They're all in each other's business. Humphrey tells the porcelain prince that he can't, uh, he can't do this because Donnie actually isn't in the wrong or done anything illegal. Despite being the porcelain prince's lawyer, he runs off before the hearing starts because he's on pills and his daughter is dating a mongrel. I'm on pills, for God's sake. <laughs> but, so Humphrey can't represent Cleveland because they don't even have Donnie for littering. Yeah. Yeah? Remember this. Humphrey leaves Cleveland to it. Cleveland will be, Cleveland will be representing himself. 
Donnie will also be representing himself in court. Yeah. Donnie's asleep. Yeah, he's annoyed that the court wakes him up. Yeah. The two, I think they're called clerks in mm-hmm. uh, in uh, America, they're very flirty when they introduce the judge. The judge is fuming at the worst case that has been brought before him <laughs> and it's complete waste of the taxpayer's money. <laughs> now, you would, you would assume that... Because Cleveland is suing Donnie, that, and Humphreys explained that Cleveland has nothing to go on when he's suing, then what the judge is referring to is that Cleveland's case against Donnie is a complete waste of time because they haven't got anything. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You would think that. Uh, just a little note, the judge is played by Vinnie Vella, who was probably the most famous person in the film. Uh, because he was in Casino, The Sopranos, and recently The Irishman. He has terrible blonde hair. Oh, yeah. He looks like um, Dusty Rhodes. You wouldn't know, but Dusty Rhodes. He looks like Dusty Rhodes. So, Cleveland addresses the jury, even though there isn't one there. So the judge asks him if he wants to borrow his glasses. Cleveland explains, quite over-the-top way that no environmental impact study has been conducted and that the building surveyor is Donnie's cousin. Yeah? Yeah. So, the judge then decides that because no environmental impact study has been conducted, that Donnie cannot build his Leaning Tower of Pisa until an environmental impact study has been conducted which goes completely against everything the scene was given to us before this point. Yeah. So Humphrey said, we've got nothing to go on. Cleveland stands there and says, no environmental impact survey has been conducted. The judge, who has said this is a complete waste of everyone's time, says, oh, do you know what, mate? Actually, you've got a point there. Survey needs to be done. Yeah. So Humphrey is a terrible lawyer. I just... This whole scene... And then the courtroom cheers. The the judge leaves. And Porcelain Prince starts saying, Yeah! Yeah! Whilst pointing in Donnie's face. What was the fucking point? What was the point of having this court scene? Yeah, because spoiler alert... All that's put in place is completely ignored anyway. Yeah, and there's a court scene later on that we don't see in the film. Yeah. What the fuck? Kevin leaves to go see Holly, bumps into his dad again with the jump scare sound. Yeah. Maddie tells Norbert that Kevin has a crush on Holly, to which Norbert replies, well, why wouldn't he? She's a girl. Yeah. Yeah, so he fancies anything with legs. Uh, anything with legs, a vagina and a pair of boobs. Then so, he steals half of Maddie's apple because he's a cunt. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does. Maddie doesn't want a silly feud upsetting Kevin. Donnie tries asking Holly to get more information from Kevin. She doesn't want to know until he bribes her with telling her mum that she broke curfew last week. And then as she's leaving, he says, she's just like a mother. What a piece of shit. He bribes his daughter to spy on the fucking neighbours. And then tells her she's just like a mother. Black males. Yeah. Yeah. Black males. Um, We then find out in a really bizarre series of events... Holly has broken up with her fake boyfriend, Anthony. Well, no, he wasn't fake, was he? No, he was her real. Her boyfriend, Anthony. Her internet boyfriend. Yeah, because she's found out he's not 16, he's 12. 
Hmm. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? Um, I think it's a fucking weird joke to put in a film. I I, I didn't. I so depending on her age, she might technically be a paedophile. Well, it's internet boyfriend, isn't it? So I'm not. I'm, Still I weird. I don't know. I never. I never had an internet boyfriend, so I don't know. <laughs> mm. I never did. I don't know. Did you? Where did we meet? If that's not an internet boyfriend... What do you need to use the app? The internet? No, no, that's a dating app. An internet boyfriend is someone that you don't live close to where your sole communication is via the internet. Mm, Well, that's new every day. Well, Kevin has a lot to say about this because he says, internet relationships. They've never seen... Again. Internet relationships. They just don't seem to last, Cynthia. And I broke up on the. <laughs> oh, God. Try it, Still try better again. lie delivery than him. Try it again. Internet relationships. They just don't seem to last. Cynthia and I broke up too. So Holly Dad suggests that their trip to the library is now a date and we get a really creepy zoom in on their hands touching. I know, yeah. Not even holding hands, like just he edges his hand slightly towards her and they end up touching slightly and the camera zooms in. So weird. Janine has discovered her true calling in life and is going back to school at the Greenland College of Oriental Medicine. And uh, Humphrey's wife, whose name I forget, is so excited. She goes, oh my Christmas God, (laughs) which I shall be saying from now on until December the 26th. She says the iconic line and then she asks if she's staying here, to which she replied that she would be. And Humphrey is fucking fuming about this. Because Humphrey hates his family. He's absolutely fuming. Uh, The other daughter then decides to steal the show. Uh, taps a glass and uh, says she has an announcement to make. She and Mongrel eloped. And then Humphrey nearly chokes on his dinner and everyone else cheers. Yeah. Because Humphrey hates his family. I would be choking on my dinner if I had a daughter and she married Mongrel. I mean, if it was a different kind of film, I would have assumed Humphrey would have burnt his house down by the end. (laughs) He just hates his family. It would have been much better. This is the last we see of him anyway, until the end. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Irene dresses all sexy and tries seducing Donnie. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the shittest version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town plays. Yeah. And it's like, it, it can't figure out if it wants to be a disco version of the song <laughs> or like a trance version of the song. It's fucking shit awful. It's terrible. Um, yeah. So she puts this sexy little number on. She's... Uh, She's going going towards him and she's, uh, you know, getting getting all naughty. And he's like, oh, uh, help me with the Christmas decorations. So she puts the Christmas lights on herself and then asks if that's better. And he says, beautiful, I need the green one. And then as she storms off, he says, we put some in car and you're going to catch a cold. How fucking rude. Like, very rude. What I don't understand is why she put them on herself whilst they were lit. And She's then, trying to prove a point. Yeah, but they've been on for a while as well. She must have burnt herself. <laughs> she was she was scantily dressed. But he didn't care because he's got a Christmas decorations fetish, clearly. Apparently. 
Donnie's Christmas music is stupidly loud from the outside, but for some reason not loud on the inside. Yeah. And uh, Norbert's fuming. He's finally working on his book, and Maddie is disgusted when he says his book will be finished next week because of the noise. So she tells him to buy earplugs and storms out. Tamisha um, is in the kitchen of their house, and she does this thing... She's very tired, isn't she? She's very tired. So Denise she's... is keeping her up. How do we know she's tired, Gary? Because she makes this noise. Ooh. <laughs> and I don't know if it was a yawn or a it's burp. A weird, it's a weird yawn. Porcelain Prince goes over to Donnie's house where he has uh, cotton wool in his ears. And uh, they shout at each other for a bit until Donnie turns the music down. And uh, then he tells Porcelain Prince, who's gone over there, so angry at him. But he's now calm because Norbert has a bit of juicy gossip for him. It's like, oh, not Norbert, Donnie has a bit of juicy gossip for him. And Norbert's like, Donnie's like, Norbert doesn't have his lights up yet. And then he uses a really questionable term for his kid. Yeah, are you going to make me say the word? It, <laughs> I don't know if we should. Well, no, I, I, th- I, the thing is that it, I think there's a difference between uh, America and English and the use of the, the word. I mean, I think it's a medical term, or, or, or was. I think it's very outdated now. Yeah, but we're very in 2006. 2006. Where it was used as an Yeah, I think it was old-fashioned as well. But he, he does... Um, Donnie tells uh, the porcelain prince that Kevin is uh, retarded... Yeah. Uh, which isn't a phrase that we use over here. It's, it's used kind of like a derogatory term over here. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know the ins and outs of its use in America. But they, they bounce... still, it's still really jarring to hear it in, yeah. in a film. Uh, especially like means he's, he's talking about someone that he thinks has uh, brain damage. And it was in 2006 where this was used as an insult quite Yeah, a lot. and it kind of feels like they're making a joke out of it yeah, as well. because they keep bouncing it around each other and they yeah, keep repeating they it. keep repeating the words. So it, it's it's really uncomfortable, this whole scene. The scene is actually completely pointless as well. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how... What's this meant to say about either of the characters? Especially with Donnie knowing that the music was very loud. Mm. And then switching it back on at the... I don't get yeah. it. What was meant and, to be funny about this? And Porcelain Prince is... is um, he, he can't believe this. And he's having a, a, a gossip about it. Um, and and in the end, he, he tells him about the accident and stuff. In the end, Donnie goes back in the house. Porcelain Prince, um, before this, tells him to think of it this way. If Norbert doesn't put any decorations up, he'll win. So he goes back in, puts the music on, and then hands Porcelain Prince his cotton wool. End of scene. Oh, but then Porcelain Prince goes home and tells Tamisha all about Kevin after he's told not to tell anyone. Rachel asks her dad, uh, no, Rachel asks her mum if her dad is really not decorating this year whilst he's in the same room. Yeah. And whilst we've already seen a tree decorated, didn't we? Yes. Kevin says, oh, uh, just in case anyone's interested, Ollie's my girlfriend now. And walks out. No one reacts. No one reacts. Rachel starts talking about elves. Yeah. Rachel starts talking about elves. And then suddenly Norbert's like, has he got a girlfriend? They do that thing in this film where, um, you know, it, it was, I don't know, it's like sort of an old-fashioned sort of comedy thing where, you know, someone try, continues talking about something after something, after a bombshell's been said, and then they stop themselves. Yeah. But it's not, 
it, it, they do it in this film, but it does not work. Because yeah. of the bad editing, the bad audio and everything, and no sort of reaction shots, it, it's just stupid. It just doesn't... It just looks odd. Um, Norbert mentions this, and uh, he's disgusted that everyone's only interested in Christmas decorations. Storms out and says, fine, I'll finally fucking decorate for you all. Holly tells her parents that she and Kevin are friends. But then Donnie clicks on to what she's trying to say and forbids her from having a boyfriend. She outs him. Uh, she she outs him about getting her to go and spy on uh, on Kevin, and about his dad. And uh, she storms out. Yeah. Irene tells Donnie that Holly doesn't want to talk to him, and he thinks she's now in with the enemy. He wants her to have a nice Christmas. He wants her to have nice Christmas memories, like chestnuts roasting on an open fire, instead of. Going out with Kevin. This is your fucking daughter in with the enemy. Get a fucking life. You've got issues. And then he mentions the coconut. Yes. He cannot get over the coconut. He can't get over the coconut. Humphrey, Humphrey comes to the house and gets Donnie to go and look at Norbert's shitty Christmas decoration that he's put up. Now, okay, if you all want this to calm down, if you want this competition thing to calm down, Humphrey, why are you at his fucking door telling him to go and look at the decorations? Why are you encouraging this? Because the decoration's shit. Yeah. The, the, he's got one uh, this is a really weird scene this is really he's weird he's got Christmas lights pinned to a tree and a bit of wood and it's in the shape of like a love heart right yeah so they go and have a look and Donnie's obviously like ah they look terrible they're absolute trash I'm so happy Porcelain Prince is in a trance yeah he's holding his uh, plunger he says I just went to get my lucky plunger and then I saw this. And he's like fell in love with these shitty Christmas decorations. Humphrey suggests looking into whether there's any mental illness in uh, Prin- Porcelain Prince's family. Yeah, so Donnie suggests that Cleveland could sue Norbert yeah. for uh, mental anguish. Um, if he can, if there's any lawyers listening, if that's an actual thing, can I sue the makers of his film for mental <laughs> anguish? Um, so, what? what's his name? Humphrey does is over-explain it. And uh, what's the other guy's name? I forgot their names now. Donnie. Donnie says, can't you lawyers answer a question with just yes or no? Yeah, meanwhile, Norbert comes home with shopping bags. This The decorations outside the front of his house, we don't see him go into his house. But no. he appears in there out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, he's got shopping bags, bangs into Kevin again with a loud noise again, and uh, he's very happy he's decorated and just tells Kevin to put all the shopping away. He does. Lazy that. bastard. Everyone outside who has gathered around now, the whole town's gathered around this shitty decoration, and it's like they're a cult. Yeah. I, you know... This film wasn't advertised as a horror film, but this scene wouldn't look out of place in a horror film. Oh, it looks so Everyone's weird. in a trance, just yeah. staring at this decoration, and they start singing Silent Night at yeah. this decoration. And Donnie's the only one who doesn't understand why everyone's mesmerised by yeah. uh, this piece of shit. So Donnie tells Kevin to tell his dad his decorations made him very happy, even though he witnessed this. Tells him to tell his dad that he's very happy about his decorations because they're shit, and tells Holly that he doesn't need to spy on him anymore. And then leaves the room. Kevin is absolutely fuming. <laughs> Kevin's <this>. like <laughs> absolutely fuming. You spying on me? <laughs> and then he leaves. And I, I thought you liked me. I thought you liked and me. storms out. 
Um, and then the Christmas decorating <laughs> committee is here. Donnie over explains his actually shitty looking decorations. Yeah. So what we get is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. But Which is get, created. We only see the bottom few metres and it just looks like chicken wire, wire yeah. like mesh yeah. with lights around it. Mm-hmm. It looks shit. Yeah. Awful. Um, and why was he still allowed to make it without that environmental survey? Exactly. So that whole courtroom scene rendered completely pointless. Mm-hmm. The committee actually don't give a shit about his shitty decorations and they go straight to Norbert's decoration because they're mesmerised like everybody else. <laughs> so they, they're mesmerised. Everyone's loving Norbert. Mm-hmm. Um, next day in the library, Tamisha? Tamika? Tamisha. Tamisha congratulates uh, Maddie on Norbert beating yeah. uh, Donnie and... Uh, Gives her the number for a brain damage specialist to help Kevin. Maddie does no idea what she's going on about and is absolutely fuming and goes home and tells Norbert to come clean and that she's fed up of all the neighbours making her feel unwelcome, which is bullshit. No one's made her feel unwelcome. Um, At the... (laughs) We then cut to the Green Lawn 35th annual <laughs> holiday tree lighting festival. Yeah, there's a bunch of kids singing the intro song. Oh my god, it's awful. They all look bored out there, They look so bored, and a lot of them don't. They, they look like they don't really know what they're singing. No. And 35th on the banner is in quotation marks. <laughs> so I don't understand. Is it not? Is it not? Or is it? I have no idea. Allegedly 35th. Kevin is still fuming with Holly. Everyone greets, greets Maddie nicely. So I don't know who's making <laughs> Everyone's treating her like shit. Yeah, everyone's been really nice to her. <laughs> Norbert appears as if his previous conversation with Maddie didn't happen. <laughs> he's just like, oh, they're about to announce it. Even though she told him he needs to come clean or he's not yeah. invited. Then the mayor announces that the committee couldn't come to a conclusion for a winner and that everyone gets a prize. Ah, what a lovely, happy end. Everyone gets a prize. People learn their lessons of unity. Nobody else was fucking decorating. And neighbourly love. Nobody else was decorating. It was a battle between these two. Yeah. Everyone boos this. Donnie snatches the trophy and a big fight breaks out and they get arrested. Yeah, there's a pile on. Uh, in jail, Donnie wants the OJ cell. Yeah. Whatever that means. Uh, Norbert apologises to Donnie for all of his lies. Donnie strangles him for his lies. The prison is so run down. It is. It's awful. It's shit all, isn't it? Humphrey appears and Donnie leaves. So Humphrey's posted bail for yeah. Donnie. So he's done something as a lawyer for once. And Maddie doesn't come and collect Norbert. No, but he somehow gets a lift home from the police. Yes. After he's told by Donnie to keep that little brain-damaged chimp of yours away from my little girl. Oh, don't. I know. So at this point, he still thinks he's had brain damage. And he literally uses it. He uses it as an insult. Everyone's a twat in this film. So Norbert returns to no entry signs on his bedroom door. No, they're crimes. That's crime, crime scene tape. Crime scene tape, excuse me. Crime scene tape across his door. Uh, number one, where did she get it from? Number two, <laughs> who put it on there if she was the one inside the bedroom? Anyway, and his bedding on the floor, <laughs> so he's sleeping on the sofa tonight. Uh, the mayor, when we just cut to the mayor, 
finally cancelling Christmas. Yeah. We're how much? An hour and ten minutes. An hour and ten minutes. Ten minutes left. Christmas is finally cancelled, and everyone throws their decorations away. There's a truck going down the street, and everyone's chucking their because there's a fight on stage at the festival thing they're doing. Yeah. Holly explains herself to Kevin, and Kevin forgives her. A truly awful song plays as Kevin very skillfully creates a wood, <laughs> very skillfully creates a wooden necklace with a pocket knife with a block of wood and a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> like it, it's almost like shop bought, yeah. isn't it? It's incredible. It's his skill is absolutely incredible. Norbert and Maddie, with Maddie wearing Christmas pajamas, watch Kevin give Holly the necklace, to which. No, Holly says, careful, you're not allowed to say the C word. <laughs> so no presents or outdoor decorations or indoor decorations yeah, are allowed, which is really fucking stupid, but we haven't got enough time left on the podcast to explain <laughs> exactly why that logic is fucking stupid. Well, any, anyone with common sense would know why it's yeah. stupid. Norbert talks about his theory that love conquers all has come true. And uh, seemingly Maddie forgives him after yeah, he says that. Yeah. For some, oh, love does conquer all. That's my theory. Fucking dickhead. They're both dickheads, actually. Kevin and Holly kiss and then get arrested. Yeah. Uh, because Kevin gave a gift and Holly received the and gift. Donnie called the police on his own daughter. Donnie's the one that called the police. Uh, Maddie gets warned about her pajamas as well. <laughs> This is the only scene that really actually made me laugh. Because I'd written in my notes, oh, she's wearing Christmas pyjamas. She's wearing Christmas pyjamas. Better make sure you mention that in the podcast. And then the policeman goes, and you better watch out with those pyjamas, Missy. Uh, Yeah, Donnie doesn't care that his daughter's been arrested. Not really, because he tells Norbert that uh, him and his monkeys broke it, so him and his monkeys need to fix it. So actually, Donnie's not actually going to do anything to help his daughter. No, so he's going to make sure Norbert does it. We get a montage of Norbert doing pay- paperwork whilst a shitty song about Santa plays. Oh, so it's a montage of Norbert and Humphrey seemingly learning law. Yeah, um, a lawyer, a lawyer, law. but going through books and learning law. And I swear, I saw some decorations in Norbert's house during this montage <laughs> of as well. Um, but yeah, just it's so easy for them to learn law. Uh, Maddie is very proud of Norbert outside the courthouse for some reason. So there's no explanation why they're outside the courthouse. They're just reading all these books in the library. Yeah, there's a bunch of people in a pub watching a news reporter who's being filmed by a cameraman who just can't keep still. Can't keep still. He can't keep still. And he's talking about the town being frusted. And then he interviews Donnie and asks him about him frusting the town. The bar boos uh, Donnie and says that he turns the town into a circus every year. Oh my god, this doesn't even make any sense. Norbert walks out and announces Christmas has officially been reinstated and everyone cheers. So we had a courtroom scene earlier in the film and this doesn't get a courtroom scene. No, the scene the film the, is based on. Even though the film's called The Town That Cancelled Christmas. <laughs> then we cut to a year later and Norbert signing a copy of his best-selling book for Humphrey... And they talk about Holly and Kevin and Easter decorations too. Mm. Like they haven't been neighbours for the last year. Yeah, Norbert's talk, been interviewed by Oprah. They Yeah, but they talk as if they've not seen each other since the events at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. But they're neighbours, they live opposite each other. Yeah. This conversation should already have happened within the last mm-hmm. year. <laughs> 
and, and then we end, and that's it. We end on Maddie giving Norbert a kiss. No, she's uh, holding him back from saying... Oh, I thought she was doing a kiss. No, because he tries saying, Oh, when we were in Rhode Island, my Easter decorations like, No! Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. And then that's it. I'd completely stop by then. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. None of it made any sense. It went completely against the... What I believe to be the rules of filmmaking. Yeah. (laughs) It's... Lazy, rushed. Yeah, badly... Badly together. edited. I, really I feel edited. like it's it was put in the wrong order. Yeah. I feel like the whole film was they just filmed it and tried to make something of what they had, and put it all together in the wrong order. It was yeah. awful. Don't seek it out. Don't watch it. Don't put yourselves through it. No, don't. And uh, that's the worst film we've ever discussed on the podcast. We'll be back <laughs> next week discussing Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. <laughs> yes. Until then, talk to us on social media. Uh, we're Horrorcore Trash Shuffer on Facebook and Instagram, Horrorcore Trash on Twitter. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe, like if on nothing else. I am Gazmo205 on Instagram, GazCruise92 on Twitter, and DeadAtGaz92 on Letterboxd. I'm ChrisBarker823 on Letterboxd, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see you same time, same place next week for a more fun trash Oh my film. Christmas, God.